Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas. And today, guys, you guys are going to love this discussion. I have a brand new friend, Jilika Kumar, is on the podcast today. Jilika, it is awesome having you with us on the ContenderCast. Thank you. It's it's really great to be here. <laughs> this is so cool. Another Georgia Tech alum. And what's funny is we didn't even know that was going to be a connection point for us until we met. And um, I'm just so fascinated and interested in your story, Jilika. I love what you've done, um, not only when you're at tech, but just kind of what, when you came out of tech, what you've built and whatnot with your company and, and how you're mixing that into your career. So um, you guys that are listening are going to love this story and love the, the entrepreneurship side of this. So let's, let's get started. Um, Jilika, you are the founder of Mentra. And I know uh, you're going to talk all about that today. And, and we'll talk about how that came out of your work at Georgia Tech. And you've got this whole focus on UX and UI and this mix of a mission around autistic adults and, and doing something amazing for them. So let's start with, you go to Georgia Tech. How did you decide to get into this space? Did you know that before you got there? Or kind of walk us back through that process. Yes. So I actually grew up all the way on the other side of the world in Dubai um, to Indian parents. And I had dreamed of going to the United States. And um, to get there, I was trying to figure out, okay, should I focus my career on engineering? Because I mean, I was good at science, but I deep down, my passion was for the arts and design and creativity. So I tried to find an amalgamation of a major that would make my parents happy and make me happy. So um, I found a program called Computational Media, um, which was a mix of human-centered um, human-computer interaction, as well as computer science. And so I was able to get that technical Georgia Tech sort of exposure while also really focusing on, you know, building my portfolio, building a brand. So I got both sides, the best of both worlds, essentially. Yeah. So let's dive in. Just I haven't covered that on other episodes before, so I'd love to just unpack that a bit. So computational media, and it's a, it's a com- combination of computer science and interaction design. So talk about what those mean, just so our audience understands that. Yes. So human-computer interaction is a beautiful new field um, that's stemmed out of really understanding the human psyche behind the users who are interacting with your technology or your interface. And so really understanding um, who you're designing for and how can you really um, incorporate all of their unique perspectives and feedback into what you're designing so that um, you're making it accessible to everyone who can use your product. And um, really getting that understanding of psychology and design um, design principles is so crucial. And in addition, the computer science component really is just like building the foundation of how can I as a designer interact with tech teams and speak the same language to build products and build technologies. Wow. And so let's bring that to life a little bit. So you interned at Disney and you did some an, an, a film for them right around accessibility and what that means with using technology. And then you did a TEDx talk at Georgia Tech and and talked about that as well. So share some of the the story there and how you, you know, how you conveyed the message of accessibility with technology. Yes. So while I 
was very, very blessed to find an internship at Disney. I started working on their app that now is their Disney online streaming services and just figuring out at the time it was only for children. So figuring out how do children use this um, tool to navigate, which surprisingly is harder than you would think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) So a a lot of our, um, our discussions were around, you know, how do we make it easy for them to use? And on the app store, we had this comment um, from a blind user who is a child who said, I'm unable to watch um, Disney content because there's no captioning. Um, and that's really struck me because growing up, Disney was such an integral part of my childhood and just feeling like an entire um, corporation sort of is just not thinking about the needs of this individual really um, like hit home. And so I started to do a lot of research on what is it that makes technologies accessible? Like, first of all, how can someone who is blind even watch television? Like, how is that possible? And I realized that there's this whole new field of access called accessibility, where you're basically providing alternate ways for individuals with disabilities to interact with these technologies through, you know, including captions for someone who might not be able to hear, um, or if they're blind, um, providing, you know, um, closed captions where it'll define exactly what's happening on the screen. And um, it, it made me really think about, okay, how can we consider the needs of this population who has a disability um, in the products that we're building every day? So, and that's amazing. And again, an area that we've never covered on the Contender Cast. Um, talk about, uh, you decided to, and I'm fast forwarding a bit here, but you were inspired by your non-speaking autistic brother. And this, in a way, ignited some passion around you know disability rights and like doing something. And I could see now where like you had this passion, like almost a built-in family situation, right? That you were living with. And then here you go and you're learning, you know, this new space at, at Georgia Tech through um, UX and and whatnot, accessibility. So talk about how those came together for you and and how you created something out of that. Yes. So my brother um, is diagnosed with autism and. Um, he is 27 years old and he has never spoken a word in his life. Oh my gosh. Um, he, however, he's also my best friend. Um, <laughs> so, and so I just, awesome. <laughs> I just feel like we have this silent language of, you know, we communicate with each other sure. in, in our own secret language almost. And I just really, um, like I really personally was able to empathize and experience a lot of the struggles that he faced growing up. Like when I was going to school every day, he never had the same opportunities. He was basically all those hours I was in classes, he was stuck at home. Um, And I mean, he was not able to, I mean, even brushing his teeth was difficult. He needed someone to help him there. So his motor coordination was not, not the best. And um, he was extremely shy, had a lot of self-confidence issues. So just watching that really made me, Um, And being exposed to that at such a young age made me realize, okay, I want to do my duty in whatever way possible to make sure that he feels included um, in the society that we're molding every day. And, um, and then the iPad was a huge breakthrough for our family because it was, um, I mean, Steve Jobs really emphasized that he wanted to make it um, the best, most easily accessible design. So for my brother, He was really, when he got hold of it, we were so surprised by the way that he was intuitively navigating through its interface. Interesting. It was, it was really life-changing. I was going to say almost a whole new, new communication channel instantly. Right. I mean, that you never had before. 
Yes. And at first it was just, you know, independence. Like we could leave him in a room alone and we didn't have to keep like when he was watching his favorite thing to do is listen to music and watch concerts because that just fills him up with energy. So when we try to, you know, walk into his room and we have to every day constantly um, help him and take care of him. But now he found a way to independently do it. That was a breakthrough for us. And then most recently in the last few months, my family actually moved to Atlanta because of the research I was doing at Georgia Tech. And he has now been able to start typing on the iPad, which is a whole new other breakthrough for us because he's able to, I mean, we now know that he's an extremely intelligent being. And ah, so before it was we, consuming information versus con- sending information exactly. back. And now he's, wow. Okay. That's amazing. Exactly. Yes. And we're realizing that he is almost like he, his brain is so vast. He's so passionate about topics ranging from neuroscience to physics. And he knows all of Einstein's theories memorized. And we're just, I feel like I'm rediscovering my brother. So it's (laughs) so cool. That's so cool. Well, it's it's just one person. I mean, imagine how many others are out there, right? I mean, that could have that kind of pent up knowledge. So you're at Georgia Tech and you decide to start this organization called Access Ability, like accessibility, but Access Ability. Talk about that and that because this is really one of the first things you did before you started your company after College Mentra. Yes. Um, I came back from my internship and I realized that I really wanted to channel all of this new knowledge that I had um, to the community I was in at Georgia Tech because um, not not a lot of the people I talked to knew very much about it. And so um, I just had this entrepreneurial spirit inside of me and I thought, okay, this is the way I, I'm just going to go for it. So, um, And I was on my own. I set up a website and then um, I was when I did give my TED talk, which I was very lucky to get selected for. Um, I I did say, you know, I have this I have this company, and we're working to build and grow our team to help the community of individuals with disabilities. And surprisingly, it was very receptive, and um, that really touched a lot of the audience. And many of them reached back out and said, "Hey, I'd like to help you." And that's how it sort of started growing. And my co-founder, uh, Mentors co-founder Connor, is also. Um, someone who was insisting with the TED Talk. And then Rishma, our lead UX designer, also um, was a, is a Georgia Tech student who's a human-computer interaction expert. So we started, uh, like a team of us disability advocates just got together and said, okay, let's start this company. Um, we're all going to volunteer our time because this is something we're really passionate about. And now, one and a half years later, we're still, every single day we're at it, um, nonstop making sure that we're designing the best platform and um, really getting the message out. Yeah, that's just, cool. that's so cool. Um, for those listening that have, you know, we've talked a lot about side hustles in the past, and um, this is more than a side hustle. But the day job for Jillica is she's an AVP accessibility specialist at Bank of America, amazing company up in Charlotte, and then you know, founder of Mentra now, year and a half plus in. And so let's talk about Mentra. So. I, I love when there's a clear mission statement for companies. I think it's so simple, but so many don't have it. And yours is to get 100,000 autistic adults into the workforce by 2025. So how did you decide to start this company? Was it a, a simple, you know, hey, we've done this in school. There's a lot of momentum. Let's go do this together. How did you decide to get this going and, and share what um, the company is all about? Initially, when it started, um, we were hoping 
to help the entire community of individuals with disabilities. And as we progressed in our customer discovery slash user research, we noticed that there was, I mean, it's very, very broad. There's so many different conditions. And even within um, certain conditions, you have more like nuances in between. So we wanted to really just focus on autism because, um, I mean, that's my area of subject matter expertise. And also one in every, now the latest statistic is one in every 40 individuals are diagnosed on the spectrum in the United States. And that's only, that's the, those are the individuals who have um, disclosed. So there are so many others who have not disclosed um, that we're going to learn about in the future. So the the idea is, okay, it's becoming more common. um, And, and we started to work with a lot of autistic self-advocates in the community Um, and we just started interviewing them and asking them you know what are your biggest pain points and after a while we started noticing this pattern which is that they are not able to find meaningful employment or if they do have employment they're underemployed which means their skills are at such a different level compared to the mundane menial job they're doing every day got it and so so are there typical jobs or activities that, you know, in the past that has been the traditional path or focus for individuals on the autism spectrum? And and what are what are the new types of roles you're trying to help them get to? Yeah, um, there is um, a lot of times individuals on the spectrum after they finish high school, they go to vocational centers, which is where they learn those job skills. Um, and the government actually stops providing any help for them after the age of 22. So um, at that point, they're basically on their own um, and it's their parents that are mostly having to take care of them. So it often leads to a very bleak and parent dependent future. Um, And now and right now, there's this sort of um, new wave of innovation through the tech industry specifically that is recognizing the talents of individuals on the spectrum. Um, Microsoft has established autism hiring programs. So has J.P. Morgan and Ernst & Young. So they're all recognizing these talents and they are specifically geared towards software engineering or data entry roles. And what Mentra is trying to do is it's trying to focus on all roles, um, ranging from um, marketing to designing to even teaching to working in with animals. So um, we, we're, we want to recognize that these individuals on the spectrum have a wide variety of skills and um, we we really want to find the ideal jobs where their passions are really aligned with what they're doing every day. Because we believe if, if they, if those two are aligned, then they're, these individuals can excel at the roles and really bring the company a lot of positive, um, positive, positive momentum. Sure. I mean, I'm looking at the names here, Microsoft, SAP, Ford, Walgreens, Home Depot. I mean, this is not, these are not, you know, run of the mill, small companies. So pretty awesome um, that you guys have, have been able to do this in such a short period of time. So how did you um, build the team to work with you on this? It looks like in, in doing my homework on you guys, you got a pretty good core group that's helping get this off the ground. Yeah. Yeah, actually, it's been a lot of reaching out to individuals who are on the spectrum because we want to make our team, um, because at the end of the day, we want to design a platform for autistic individuals by autistic individuals. And I mean, there's so many unique um, design um, elements that you'd have that, you know, we have to be 
really cognizant of when we create the software. So all of our developers on our team are actually on the spectrum and um, our user researchers and um, our designers. So a lot of it has just been um, being very proactive on social media, joining a lot of advocacy groups and really just sharing our mission and other individuals who resonate have been able to join us. Um, and they're all volunteers. So I'm very grateful that everyone is volunteering their time. Um, and we, because we do at the end of the day, hope to, once we're, once we build this and once it's ready, we hope to have recruiters hire um, individuals on our platform. And the way that we've designed it is that we've made it very, very easy for someone who's on the spectrum to apply once to Mentra. And they, um, and we work, and then from there we take over. So we do the hard work of matching them with the jobs um, and, and reaching out to recruiters because we really want the human being to focus on, you know, growing their selves as opposed to being um, extremely anxious and uh, applying redundantly to several jobs at once. Yeah. So you guys can check out Mentra, M E. N R I'm sorry, M E N T R A dot me. Um, Mentra allows recruiters to understand candidates holistically. You can read all about like just the 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 methods that Mentra um, goes about in terms of working with companies and also with candidates. This is just it's awesome. Um, what have been last but not least, what have been like one or two of the biggest lessons learned in getting this going and started? What have been maybe one or two surprises as you've gotten this going? Biggest advice, piece of advice I've received is shift your focus away from what you want and get deeply, intensely curious about what the world wants and needs. Ask yourself what you have the potential to offer that is so unique and compelling and helpful that no computer could replace you, no one could outsource you, and no one could steal your product and make it better. Then develop that potential. Choose one thing and become the master of it. This will give you a competitive advantage because you can move between worlds, speak both languages, connect the tribes, mash the elements to spark fresh creative insight until you wake up with an epiphany that changes your life. And that is by Justine Mask, who is the wife, ex-wife of Elon Musk. And that is something I live by every day. Wow. My gosh. We'll just stop there. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> Jellico, this is so cool. Okay. So I love that you're here on the podcast a year and eight months into uh, founding Mentra. And I can't wait to have you back on as this continues to grow. And I, I have no doubt that um, what you're doing at B of A and then here with your company is going to be so fascinating to watch and be a part of. Share with our audience how they can connect with you, where they can find you, how they can connect in with the, uh, what you're doing. Yes, um, our website is www.mentra.me and the best way to connect with me is to um, email me and I'm just jillika at mentra.me. That's J-H-I-L-L-I-K-A at mentra.me. And I love emails from strangers. (laughs) So feel free to reach out. (laughs) That's so funny. I love it. Hey, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I can't wait to have you back on. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate this. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. 
This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. 